Thanks for listening to this podcast produced by Diddy TV, your source for all things Americana and Roots music. Visit DiddyTV.com for more exclusive on-demand content or download the official Diddy TV app from your app store today. Hi, folks. I'm Amy Wright, here to help introduce our guest today, Joseph Terrell. Sam Shansky caught up with Joseph over Zoom to get his thoughts on a year without touring, what it's like to maintain long-term friendships with your bandmates, as well as a lot of info surrounding Mipso's self-titled album, which is the band's fifth studio album together. Joseph explains some of the concepts behind the songs on the new album, which largely deal with coming of age or losing your youth, depending on how you look at it. It's a pretty fascinating conversation that I think fans will really enjoy. So let's dig in. Happy to be here today with Joseph from the band Mipso. How are you today, Joseph? I'm doing good, Sam. How about you, man? Fantastic. It's uh, good to see you again. It's been a minute. I think you were at uh, Diddy TV a couple years ago with the band, and we had a great time. It was fun, and it feels like a whole different era of our lives now, back in the age of live touring. We miss you over there. Yeah. How much are you missing touring right now? Well, I'll tell you the the beginning of this whole uh, pandemic when touring became impossible, it was in some ways a breath of fresh air and a real kind of like sabbatical for us because we've been touring pretty nonstop for the past seven years. And I had to like recalibrate myself to home life, which I think was pretty healthy. Nowadays, though, yeah, I'm ready for some shows. (laughs) That makes sense. You guys have gone through a lot in the last uh, few years. Um it seems like the band was kind of near uh, a breakup at a certain point, but, um, you know, happily that did not happen. And you guys have now put out a new record on Rounder Records, and it's fantastic. It's doing very well. It's in the top 10 at the Americana radio charts, single hourglasses in the top 15, and you're at number nice. two on the College Folk Albums chart. Can you believe it? I love College Folk Album charts. That sounds great. <laughs> Yeah, you know, these things, uh, we used to keep track of them, I guess, like from the tour van as we were on the album release tour, and I feel a bit removed from the whole statistics side of music release, so thank you for the reminders that people are actually listening. They are. They're out there listening, and, uh, you know, I think as currently as we move into the uh, winter season here in the United States, um, I think this record is just really, really fitting. I know uh, it was cut, though, in the summertime, is that right? In um, 2019 in North Carolina. Uh, Maybe elaborate a little bit on what that recording process was like and and, uh, how you got there. Sure. You know, it's like this is our fifth album together, which is kind of crazy. So we've gotten um, kind of a, a good sense of how we can make music together. But like you said, we had some struggles just um, as a band. Like I said, we've been riding the road pretty hard for the last few years. So it wasn't so much that we had some crisis moment when we needed to break up so much as like any long-term relationship. We kind of had to have a come to Jesus moment, as my grandma said, and really talk about why is it we make music together still. And the setting for that, which I do think really informed the feel of the record, was springtime in North Carolina last year when we we hold up and a buddy has a sort of event space barn. And we um, went there for a couple of weeks and really took our time and were super patient with the process and listen to a bunch of new songs, tried out some different styles of writing together, like really reworking each other's songs, combining two halves of songs that didn't have homes. And uh, we eventually made our way to Asheville in the summertime, this beautiful studio in an old church called Echo Mountain. And it was a kind of continuation of that really peaceful and patient 
um, album making process where we could walk outside at any moment and hear the bugs and feel the like lush green North Carolina summertime. And that's what I hear when I, I think this will be a great uh, record in the winter, but I definitely feel the kind of tingle of summertime vibes when I hear it now. Yeah. And I'll listen for that. That's, that's interesting for people that haven't been to North Carolina in that lush summertime that you're talking about. It's sort of a one of a kind place to be. It really truly is one of the most beautiful places in the United States, I think. I've spent some time in like the Marshall, North Carolina area and those surrounding parts, and it really is something special. So that's a great spot for you guys to go and be creative. We try not to take it for granted. Um, But like I said, now that we're not traveling, we really, I got, I got in in this year of 2020, I've, I've gotten to experience the seasons, every single one gradually becoming the next in the first time in 10 years. And that sounds like a pretty uh, regular thing, but I've found it to be kind of profound. Like the smells that accompanied springtime were really a beautiful thing to remember. Wow. Well, you're from North Carolina, right? I am, yeah. I lived in Boston for a little bit, and I've obviously traveled a bunch with the band, but this really does feel like a kind of a very rooted sort of like ancestral home to me in a sort of spiritual way, but also just because it's what we're used to, and and I love it around here. It's a great, super great music community. And uh, we live in Chapel Hill in Durham, so it's a you know college town, good spot to be. Have you had any sort of uh, unique or profound experiences while you know being in North Carolina this extended amount of time? Yeah, uh, I my, one one of my little projects uh, uh, over the summer was uh, learning the names of trees, um, and I uh, would go on long walks with my tree book. So I've become quite the little uh, naturalist here, <laughs> as opposed to the the highways of America from a van window. I've, I've really been trying to. Uh, I, I, I get a little self conscious that it sounds kind of sappy or something, but I've been trying to like pay attention to this place that I'm from. No, I totally relate, and I actually did a very similar thing by downloading an app. It's a little more um, technologically based, but there's an app. Yeah, how that, modern uh, of you? <laughs> yeah, you know me, man. Um, it's called Seek, I think, by like National Geographic. Uh, I don't know if we can, you know, shout them out or not, but it's a cool one. And you can basically hold your phone up to a plant or an animal and it identifies it. And it's pretty accurate, I find. So that's a cool one. And I, I definitely uh, relate to that sort of uh you know, wanting to do something like that in this time of sort of a, use the word sabbatical, but I think we're all going through a period of slowed down life in a sense. Um, I can't speak for everybody, obviously, but, um, but yeah, that's interesting. And and I respect that. Yeah. And I totally don't want to like, and I know you don't either like want to make light of, this is such a serious time for so many people. I'm certainly have been out of work this year and on unemployment. And I don't mean to say that like this had, there hasn't been struggle, but it's just been a reminder that like we're only as comfortable as we make each other, you know, like, and so many people aren't comfortable because people, other people in society are making them suffer for no reason. You know, it's, I've had a lot of time to kind of think about that and, you know, politics feel a bit more real and a little more urgent than just the kind of like show of the day and the, you know, the the news of the evening. Mm -hmm. Are you writing songs inspired by these, these kinds of thoughts? Um, I, I don't have like a, a pandemic record in terms of subject matter, certainly, uh, I don't know, like when I, when I turn to my, uh, songs and work on stuff, I don't want to like, I don't know. It's not like a conscious decision, but I end up not trying to, uh, journal about the news of the day. Um, that's not my process, but I've like appreciated the time I've been making different types of music and, um, 
allowing myself to write without a project in mind has been a different experience. Oftentimes we're like in an album cycle and being in a, being in Mipso, we're, we love making music together and it's kind of like a, like we think of it as a long-term thing. We're kind of married and we'll all make our own records too. But I love the idea that these four personalities, we get to like come together every year or so or every year and a half and like kind of see how we rub up against each other now and try to make whatever feels honest from, from these long-term friendships since before we were in a band together, just when we were kids. Um, but so there's a, as a part of that, there's always this kind of like, what comes next? Uh, how can I take what we just did and like turn right around and try a different version of it? And so I haven't had a chance to like really step back and think, um, I can write for no reason at all. I can write because, um, it just feels right. You know, mm-hmm. you all write in Mipso. Each person sort of contributes. That's right. And I also heard that Libby put out a solo album. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. I got to listen to it and I really enjoyed it. So shout out to Libby for that. What's the name of that album? Yep. Spectacle of Love. Were you on that at all? Um, no, but I've kind of heard a lot of the songs over the years and been a part of the like making process. Yeah. And uh, she made the record with a bunch of a bunch of buddies of ours around here. So it really feels like a kind of like celebration of the the triangle music scene. And it's, it's super fun. Great tunes. Are the other members in the band? Um, do they have albums out or anything like that? Uh, yeah, actually, Wood, um, the bass player Wood has, he's a great like jazz mind and a super great, talented bass player. And so he's making uh, his second record, which is um, instrumental jazz tunes. And I don't think they're like traditional uh, jazz. This probably doesn't do them justice, but they're really interesting instrumental uh, songs. And I've... Uh, been producing a couple of records this year. Oh, cool! Um, one that's about to come out is by a, a guy named Shay Martin Lovett, who is really one of my favorite songwriters and a, a great guy. And we, it, th- I think that record's going to be super cool. Y'all should have him on. Awesome. And I'm also making a record with my brother, so it's been fun to uh, discover th- that um, me and my brother can have fun making music together. Is this a little brother, older brother? Uh, it's a little brother, bigger brother. Uh, he's always been uh, taller than me and. I think smarter. So, uh, but he's younger. Yeah. And this is the first time you've made a record together. It is. Yeah. And we learned guitar, like growing up together. Our grandmother taught us both how to play guitar and it was kind of always a family thing. And he's really kind of the musical mind of the family. So I'm looking forward to him, him making me better at music making. (laughs) That's very cool. Where are you uh, doing the producing and recording for that? Around here in North Carolina and taking the chance to get better at the, the like actual engineering side of things myself. I've always produced with other people engineering and I've picked up enough of it over the years, but you don't get good at it until you have to, until you're depending on yourself, you know? So that's been a, a, a fun part of this process too. That makes sense. Uh, well, back to your, uh, you know, your self-titled album, Mipso, um, you worked at, was the, was the studio you said Echo Mountain? Is that right? That's right. Yeah. In Asheville, North Carolina. It's in a church. I'd love for you to describe that, you know, walking into that space, what that's like. And then again, um, who engineered and produced and worked on that record? I know that it wasn't yeah. just the, you know, core members of the band. There were some collaborators. So maybe uh, if you could tell us a little bit about that. That'd totally. Be cool. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do people first because that's important. Um, the fifth Mipso is Jan Westerland, uh, and he's in the Diddy TV episode we did last year too. Great drummer. Um, just like, He's still a you know a touring member, not an official member, but he's just a huge part of our sound, and he recorded on the record with us. Also, we had a guy producing it um, who was outside of our musical comfort zone in a really good way. His name is Sandro Perry. He's a jazz, electronic, improvisational, more experimental type of composer in his own right, but he also just makes really cool 
pop records. Um, and he was from Toronto, Sandra Perry. And, and, and the engineer was Mark Goodell, who is, um, he's now on the road with Julian Lodge and has done a lot of Julian records, but he was our road guy for a while. And he's just one of our good buddies. So it was super important part of the process to have like an engineer who really knew us well. We had a good audio shorthand with him, you know? Um, and the, yeah, Echo Mountain is a, is a fabulous studio. I think we've come a long way to like understanding what the point of a studio is and like why you would want to record in an expensive big space when it's so easy now to like, you know, have your little audio interface and set up a microphone and get a good signal into your own home computer. And it's like, yeah, maybe you can like put up enough, you know, egg crate foam uh, on your walls to like get a, a guitar tone that doesn't sound messed up, but like in your basement or whatever. But like, can you have, do you want to spend 12 days of your life like creating a, a hopefully a work of art that feels really like lived in and uh, distinctive? Uh, probably not. You don't want to do that in your basement probably. Right. So, or at least I don't want to do that in your basement, you know? So, so since we had the opportunity and we're working with rounder records and um, wanted to like, you know, make this one sound good. Uh, we went to echo mountain, which is, it's a, a former church, really big, super, um, open live room uh, and the console is a great old Neve console and they just have a, a great mic selection and I do think it contributes a lot as like as, as as silly as this may sound to people who don't make records a lot or people who seem who are wise and do make a lot of records I think it has a great vibe and it's a, like a, a big space with a personality to it which definitely f- made us feel like we're like getting in the saddle to make something important you know it got us in the mood it all sounds like a good fit from the engineers, producers, and everything, and uh, what you've described already, and like you know y- y'all's interest in sort of experimental music and jazz, and talking about like Julian uh, Lodge, like his style of playing, and to work with someone yeah. associated. That all kind of uh, that adds up, and that's and and to work with Rounder Records as well, such a phenomenal you know uh, establishment for so many years, putting out you know records of uh, similar you know, sort of related artists and everything. You guys are in a highly respected realm at this point, and uh, I congratulate you on that. That's very, very cool. Thanks, Sam. Yeah, I mean, I don't think of us as being um, very, like, traditionally, or well, I don't think of uh, our goal in making music as making traditional music, but obviously we're informed by some of that stuff, and I definitely grew up on tons of Rounder records, and they are uh, a fun team to be a part of because they... Have been around. Well, it's, it's kind of like new people in charge of it now who both really appreciate that history, but also are kind of like um, not precious about it, you know, not not needing to like make, you know, futzy old timey stuff. You know, nothing against people that make old time music, but the rounder of today feels like a good, good home for us. Yeah. I would agree with that. As far as like gear goes, um, I saw that you have a new guitar. Is it called a Healy? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Was that guitar used on the record or is that more recent that you got that? I got it after we finished the record. Um but it's definitely informing uh how I play now in my our future records. Yeah. But yeah, this is a great a great builder named Trevor Healy up in Western Massachusetts. And we worked for a while like kind of designing the guitar that I wanted because I've been playing strats and tellies for a long time in addition to my acoustic side and he made this like really unique um, it's actually wood from my from my grandparents' kind of old homestead farm that I grew up on. Wow! So it's got this sort of family family heirloom aspect to it too. That's really special. Yeah. But also on the record, I played some lap steel and a number of old great Gibson guitars that I've gotten. And um, what else? Oh yeah, we played around a lot with uh, 
putting foam underneath my guitar, my acoustic guitar strings to make it kind of like have a dead sound. So to me, that's one of my favorite guitar tones on, on the record. Is that what was going on on Hey Coyote? That's right, yeah. Hey Coyote and Big Star and Caroline and Shelter all have that kind of muted, um, plunky acoustic tone. Yeah, glad you noticed that. Absolutely. And you brought in um, analog synths, and you know, there's some experimental things happening with the uh, fiddle playing that Libby's doing. Um, yeah. Was there anything else uh, that you, you know, kind of laugh about, like, can't believe we actually did that uh did you like to share with us yeah and some of the synthy stuff our, our producer sandro definitely gets credit for it but the, the the can't believe we did that uh category i think belongs to the, the congas we on a number of songs like sandro first said it he was like we should just do hand percussion on this and we were kind of like eh, i don't know about that sounds a little hokey but damn if i wasn't convinced very quickly i really I love the way that it turned out. It's a uh, kind of like uh, gets a kind of intimacy, but also uh, a really like bounciness, and it's, it's it's like fun. Some of these songs are fun, but also dark, or playful, but also melancholy. You know, there's kind of that 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 tension, and the, those congas and, and and weird synthy tones definitely fit that. Yeah, I uh, started out. I'm a percussionist and drummer, and nice. when I started out, it was kind of on hand percussion stuff. So. Uh, doombecks and djembes and um, congas and that kind of stuff so anytime I hear someone else is trying to incorporate that into their music I don't really play a lot of that anymore but um, definitely got a special place very cool but you also use turtle shells is that true yeah Jan played on Big Star and maybe maybe Coyote too there's a turtle shell which was in Echo Mountain but I think credit goes to Jan Westerland who lives in a fairy tale land of turtle shells in his mind. So I'm really happy he had a place to find a, find a home for that. But I think the other thing I'd mentioned was, is like you mentioned congas and, and djembes and stuff. And that's certainly like part of like Jan studied uh, jazz with a really weird jazz percussionist program in the Midwest. So he knows his stuff there, but there's also something we were reaching for more in the lines of like, um, like our traditional Irish music or, 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 or really like the, the kind of like resurgence of, of some of that stuff in the seventies Brit folk scene, like, uh, Richard Thompson and, uh, Pentangle or the kind of like dancey boron type Irish music. So, right. Right. Do you still play a percussion? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a drummer, like a full drum set kind of thing these days and play in a band here in Memphis. It's called Folk Hillas. We kind of, you know, lean into garage rock and blues rock stuff, but um, I love all music. But I mean, to actually look at you know a band like Mipso and think about what it would be like to be in a band like that, there's there's definitely this like spiritual element that comes through. And sometimes I wonder what that would even be like to get on stage and feel that way. You know? Yeah, that's funny you say that. Being in the middle of it, I don't often think of it as calm because it feels like you know you're on stage and so much is going on. But we definitely talk a lot about space and right. Um, part of what being in a band, part of the process of learning how to be in a band with each other has been, you know, learning the right ways to not play so that the other person or people can shine at different times. So, yeah, I think that the, and also just like as a guitar player, moving away from where I was at the beginning of my playing, which was, you know, much, much more from like a straight ahead bluegrass um, rhythm uh, type of playing, which really fills the space and a really cool 
cool, very syncopated rhythm style. And some of my favorite guitar players like make that into an extremely fun, cool way of playing. But uh, I've, I think, grown more towards leaving a lot more space and having a more deliberate, sparse kind of approach to guitar playing. On the other end of that spectrum, you guys have been getting into uh, skateboarding. I saw through one of your music videos. How did that come That's about? True. Sort of another little quarantine project. Uh, Wood and I had just kind of for fun. And like we skateboarded a bit in high school. I mean, okay. for me, in middle school and high school. Yeah. And uh, I had I could still like you know cruise around, but hadn't kept many skills beyond that. But we thought it would be fun and kind of a uh, a little reflection of another cool community in Durham that we've gotten to know a bit, which is the the skate scene around here. There's a great shop called local shop called Manifest, and the guys that work there are super cool. So we thought let's let's make a video kind of showing our attempt at learning how to skateboard. And the arc of it will be we we go get boards and have the guys at the shop teach us, and we end up at the skate park, and we'll just see what happens. And we sucked the whole time, but we got to watch a bunch of great skateboarders uh, do what they do, and it was a fun hang with those guys. So I think the video turned out pretty well. We're, we 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 tend towards making fun of ourselves. Yeah, uh, and this was this was a good opportunity to try that. I think. Yeah, you guys always have fun in your music videos. I mean, there are definitely <laughs> videos you've put out that are you know more somber or just straightforward but then again there are other ones that are all like comedy or ironic or you know subtle in a lot of different ways so whenever i see a mipso video drop i'm like okay i gotta check this out and see what they're up to now yes see what we're winking at nowadays yeah is it the hey coyote video that has you guys like out in sort of a canyon or like some rock formation or something yeah it's just in the in the mountains uh, of north carolina actually but yeah there's some some funny moody outdoor scenes yeah. We, took a, we uh, dragged an extension cord and a fog machine out into the woods. <laughs> Are you uh, the creative mind behind the music videos? Uh, only one of many. Um, yeah, we we did some good brainstorming, particularly because we weren't um, uh, touring at all this year. We thought, well, if, if there was a time to make more videos, it's now. And so we picked four of our buddies who are three of our buddies who are just great filmmakers in their own right and asked them if they would come on kind of as like, you know, camera person, assistant director, help us put things together. But yeah, we came up with the ideas for, for these things ourselves. You know, it helps because we made the song. We can kind of like imagine what visual world might help them feel more, more like themselves, you know. Your songwriting um, and the band's songwriting at large is very thoughtful and um, personal on a lot of levels. Was that always the case for you when you picked up, you know, your first instrument and started writing? Was it always kind of that way or were you more, you know, yeah. just surface level, I guess? I started out playing sort of garage rock with my buddies. Okay. Uh, but in my songwriting, I don't know if I, if I tended towards thoughtfulness, I'm sure the, the thoughts I was having were a lot dumber. So they probably weren't, they weren't very good songs. Um, but, uh, I think a lot about lyrics and when I'm listening to songs, I, I, I really listen for lyrics. So that tends to be one of the main things that I, um, end up prioritizing. I think when my mind turns to writing songs, and the music kind of comes from, well, I think it's, you know, born with the lyrics, but, but it's informed by like what the words feel like. So hopefully like, I feel like to me, it's not about um, either writing music and putting words to it or, or writing words and putting music to it, but, you know, saying something in a way that feels honest and like, hopefully the music only kind of, you know, enhances that feeling. Whether it's thoughtful or not, I have to let other people be the judge. Sometimes it feels kind of dumb to me, but I'll keep trying. Don't worry, they're judging. <laughs> I know, always, right? 
Well, I mean, there are subtleties on the record, um, but is there anything that you feel like should not be overlooked that people do need to know about, um, you know, any topics that are close to your heart that you'd like to talk about? Yeah, I think so. For me, this a lot of this record I've been able to listen to in the last couple of months since it's been out and with fresh ears because I wasn't so thick in the making process anymore. And so I was able to kind of like see it as its own completed thing. And it definitely sounds to me like, um, like a looking back on youth kind of record. Um, I'm not like lamenting the end of my youth, but like, I definitely feel like it's, it was a long time since I was a kid. And now like the song let a little light in and a couple of the other ones are, are about like how strange it now feels. Um, uh, one of Libby's tunes to, um, uh, that is a, as a bonus track coming out in a couple of months, but it's like how strange it now feels to look back on a childhood that doesn't feel like familiar to us. And also I think there's a certain kind of, um, like darker, like reverse nostalgia. Like I think it's taken us now 20 years out of the nineties to look back and think, yeah, it looked really like happy go lucky and booming on the surface, but the nineties were a kind of dark time too. all of our, um, present day pressing problems were just like, we're, we're still happening there. We just like, weren't aware of them as much, you know? Um, it's like, it's a very racist, exploitative country with the environment kind of dying. Um, and a couple of the tunes too, I think, um, never knew you were gone. And, and, uh, which is the first tune on the record and big star, um, have a kind of like, I don't want to say science fiction, although I just did, but it's a, it's a kind of like imagining the world without humans or imagining the world, um, in a totally different way. Um, and never knew you were gone. It has that sense of like, um, how do we think about ourselves? Um, what, how do we spend our time uh, if we knew we were going to be become extinct? Um, and, uh, the big star is about like being on the beach and the sun disappearing, waking up, falling asleep on the sunny beach and waking up when there's no sun. But, but it is, is sort of told in a kind of, um, imagine if the sun disappeared sort of way, which is a, 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 a surreal element of Libby's songwriting that I really like too. I hope that uh, brain dump made some sense. It did. Yeah. Um, as far as like, you know, I, I'm picking up some things there. Like you mentioned, I guess climate change would be sort of a, a header. Um, is there anything sure. that you would encourage listeners and viewers to do um, to get engaged? This is a question I struggle with like all the time. It's like, am I engaged enough? Am I doing enough as an artist? Um, is, is that the right vehicle for, um, for either sounding the alarm or um, inspiring people? And I, I don't know if, if that's really the role of what I do. Um, I would say to, to me, I don't find a lot of hope in the bigger picture. Like, uh, cable news version of politics. Um, I definitely um, think in every community there's so much inspiring stuff that's happening. I'm involved in like the mutual aid group in my neighborhood. Um, the the racial justice work that's happening here in Durham by Black youth is really inspiring. The like climate change activism happening on a local level around you know thinking of different ways of organizing ourselves and and and, you know, saving, uh, land, you know, prioritizing land over, uh, corporate interests. I mean, that, that to me is, is, is like the, the hope is, is every community finding their kind of their, their way of making these things glow on their own rather than, you know, waiting around for a, a bigger picture help. Although I, I do think like either legislation happens soon or, or we're all kind of doomed. The big picture is important. It's just, 
kind of like I said, not where I'm finding um, hope or engagement right now. Mm-hmm. Well said. I know it's not easy to talk about, um, you know, topics of this nature, and I'm no expert. And I think um, more than anything, yeah, it's it's interesting just that folks of our generation are. Um, talking about it you know we don't exactly have the answers or even claim to have uh, a full idea of what's even happening because you know i think a lot of us are still um you know coming of age like you described and uh but it's important to just begin the conversation and just allow people to sort of express where they're at so i appreciate that and uh you know i, I agree with this uh this local level kind of talk and you know whatever you can do in your area and your neighborhood, your street, you know, right with your neighbors. It's a great way to begin. I hope so. And like you said, yeah, I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not a full-time activist. I feel like probably I should be, you know, that'd be a a worthy use of time, but yeah, no, if, 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 uh, some of these songs could make someone stop and think in a different way about, about climate change or about how they, they live in the world. I mean, I get a lot of that from music and some of my favorite songwriters are really diving into that, that strange stuff. The new songs from the weather station have been really important to me in the last few months. She's talking about things I think need to be talked about, but it's also presented as it's, it's really a, it's a beautiful and honest and, and doesn't feel like it's, you know, browbeating somebody with a political message for the sake of being political. But also I read a lot of science fiction, like I said, and to me, there's some like real, uh, it's important to remember that there are real things we can do. It's not, I don't, I think it's premature to get all doom and gloom. The world is not over. People talk about apocalypse. It's like, well, the world's not ending, it's just changing, and we need to figure out what to do in the face of that, right? Well, on a, on a more fun note, a little more lighthearted, it sounds like when you guys were shooting the album cover for your for your record, you were holding balloons up, and you described having held the P in MIPSO, and then you decided it was a good idea to... <laughs> maybe you should tell the story. I want, I want to hear you tell it. Well, we had, yeah, holding our balloons spelled out our band name, which became the record cover. Yeah. And, you know, it's been a long time, but I didn't want to waste all the helium. I thought it would be fun to get the little high-pitched voice thing. But I sucked on it a bunch, and it just gave me an awful headache and did not make my voice higher. So I, I, apparently someone told me there's a helium shortage, and so this was some other inert gas that I put into my brain. <laughs> it probably killed a lot of brain cells. And and if anyone out there is uh, listening and thinking, what are these guys talking about? We blame that uh, that balloon because something happened. Absolutely. Yeah. That was the beginning of the end for me. That's when I started <laughs> talking about the world ending and science fiction and shit. <laughs> what, do you, uh, what science fiction are you into? I'm a big Kim Stanley Robinson fan. To me, he's kind of the, like, the master of the form right now. And his, his Mars trilogy is... I'm as nerdy about the Mars trilogy as a lot of people are about, I don't know, Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or something like that. It's okay. this incredible world of colonizing Mars. And it's a political utopia, too. All right, man. Well, this is fascinating. There's a lot of good things happening. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about for uh, future MIPSO happenings? Uh, well, we're kind of uh, on hiatus as, at the moment, as most bands are. But we, um, we just put out two uh, live concerts, which will be on YouTube soon. Uh, we we like filmed them indoor and outdoor, moving between different locations. It was very fun, and um, we hope to see you in person, physically again someday soon. But until then, yeah, listen to our new record. It's called Mipso, and it's been out since October, so it's still fresh, and uh, I'm still proud of it. So yeah, hope people enjoy. We hope you enjoyed this conversation with Joseph Terrell of Mipso. Be sure to listen to other Diddy TV podcasts for more from the leaders and legends in the Americana and Roots music scene. And don't forget to visit DiddyTV.com for more exclusive on-demand content and to download the official Diddy TV app from your app store today.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 